0: time speaking at lighthouse so super exciting <coughs> i am super excited to hear what steve has got to bring to us that's
1: fine.
0: yeah please do clap afterwards that would be quite nice actually um so yeah before steve speaks i'm just gonna pray for him and i won't touch you steve yeah our clothes <sighs> um they need you some ..bod ni wedi bod efo'n gilydd bor yma, dyn ni'n diolch i ti uh, bod ni wedi gallu cael y cyfarfod yma. Dyn ni'n diolch i ti am yr holl hwyl, dyn ni cael bor yma. Dyn ni'n i ti um, am rhoi y calon yna am hwyl dros yn ei angtyd ni. Dyn i ti bod chdi'n llenwi ni hefo pethau sy'n dda. Dyn ni'n i ti bod ni'n gallu dod a gaddoli ti bor yma. Ac glwydd wrth i Steve ddod i siarad, rwan, da'n i'n gofyn bod llais ti'n glir treinig yeah, bod, bod pob peth da'n clywed bod yma glwydd yn adlywyrchu ti. Da'n i'n gofyn i ti distewi calon Steve rwan. A hyder fo. Rhoi calon tawel iddo fo. Rhoi meddwl tawel iddo bod cyfan oll mae o'n dod bod yn dod and glear a honour tea I can do the Mawlete. I can gov in a cavanos and anoyesi. Amen.
1: I think I got most of that. Um with my burgeoning Welsh. Um speak clearly and all the rest of it. It's great to be here with you guys. Um, I really do love this place, this love this church, and I love the island, love living here. Um, if you don't know Meg and me um, at all, um, I think most of you are getting to know us, but um, yeah, I'm Steve, my wife Meg, we've been retired here on Anglesey for five years, and we love it, and uh, we're very happy to be part of this church. Um in some ways, I think what I'm going to say today has actually been said. I mean, stepping up, um, being ministers—that's the subject today, and it's a subject I was given by um, the team, uh, by Rachel, I think, and it's it's a subject that's I really identify with. About, you know, I think it's you know, we all have, we're all different as Christians, but it's something that I take very much to heart. Um, I have to tell you that first time when I woke up this morning, um, I just thought of this joke, this awful joke from, from years back, you know, and uh, this woman's voice shouts up the stairs, Johnny, come on, it's time to go to church, and the guy says, oh, do I have to, and he said, of course you do, you're the minister, <laughs> so, but, you know, if you not heard that when I can't, it's an old one, and um, you know, that's my message today, really, is that you know, I'm not a minister with a dog collar, but we are all ministers, and uh, so in the last few weeks, just as a recap, we've been looking at what it means to apply our faith daily in all sorts of fields. Uh, with Alan, if you were here three weeks ago, we talked about our role in God's creation, and looking after our world. And then with John Sadler, and then with John Ripon, we've talked about the challenges, this is very briefly, but the challenges to our faith, a faith that's even more relevant than ever. But to so many people, as we recognize here in Wales, even with all our great Welsh history, or I'm starting to feel a bit Welsh now, can't stand totally Welsh, um, Christianity, you know, It can seem to people out there like an old tradition, not relevant, and the way people think these days, it's, you know, it's just any way is good, as long as it's their way. Um, It'd be interesting to see how people respond in these current circumstances on those thoughts, though. So today, I'm going to be looking at how we interact with people, people at work, our families and our friends, people we have contact with socially, and people we have we happen to meet every day. I put this together a couple of weeks back before we really reached the point we've got today, but I hope that everything I'm going to say today really is ever more relevant in the context we face. So I've called this very simply Faith and Every Other Part of Life. What's the difference? Rhymes with Hero. Um, or you can tell that I used to work in advertising. I hope you know. I'm sorry about the you know ministers are us. You get it? Toys are us. just in case, just in case. I thought if our American guys had been here, I'm not have a, a toys are us in America. But anyway, we'd have to explain. So the message is that God is just as concerned with business, healthcare, education, law and order, politics politics, recreation, everything. I want you to imagine that we all go back to the time of Jesus, right? All of us are just like, when he first starts his ministry. And when imagine we're not living here and now, but we're actually living there and then in the Near East. And I'm not sure how my work translates into a job at those times, but I guess as I've been working in advertising and communications that i have probably been a scribe. Or John Sadler, well I guess he'd have still been a teacher. And John Rippon, I think, not sure about Bodden and Gardens, but maybe maybe you'd be growing vines, not just for yourself, hopefully, you know, or crops, that sort of thing. But we'd all be there. And the basic the important is that we're there when we first get the message about from Jesus about the gospel. And he starts talking about the kingdom of heaven. And all sorts of people come to believe in him, that he really is God made manifest. And he appoints disciples to also spread his message, particularly, as we know, after his death and resurrection. And we get to hear. So we've got to hear now. And we become followers too. And it's exciting. It's new. There's this new thing happening. But all the while, let's not forget, we've still got lives to live. We've got families to support. We've got jobs to do. We've got society. got to continue. And then the penny drops. We see that all the teachings of Jesus, all the things he brought us along to, his grace, the presence of his spirit, all the things now laid out in the New Testament, in the letters, in the Gospels, Everything it says about life, as we will learn more, I think, in f- coming days, everything about life belongs there, in that teaching, in the places where we work, in the places where we interact with people, and we become, we are part of society. I, I know that the message is a not always a literal translation, but I do think the message, the message version of the Bible, really has got the message here. It says. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. Embracing what God does for you is the best you can do for him. And in Colossians, similar message, whatever you do, I'm afraid that those are my capitals, but I just thought it was worth doing. Whatever you do. Work at it with all your heart, as working for the Lord, not for men, since you know that you will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. Um, I don't do paid work anymore. Um, I'm sort of happy about that. I did enjoy it at the time, but I do lots of other things, as I'm sure we all do. It's not just about work and. uh, I thought I could easily go along to my Welsh course on a Thursday and do the exercises, uh, answer the questions, and not really invest in the people around me. You know, just do the thing. Or I could go to the leisure centre here, as I do every week for my swim, and I could not give the time of day to the people on reception. and I could just do the same in the changing rooms, even though there are people, men, that in rather, you know, see their faces every week. You know, it's easy to just live our own lives. Um, this is a very small example, but in January I was uh, went for a, a walk um, in our village and I came across a guy about my age who I know vaguely and I just said, well, I th- I'm not sure I'd actually say, um, you know, oh, hi, you know, how was Christmas? A good time? Um, but I think just something moved me that day to say, you know, how are you? how are you? And he tells me a story. And that just over Christmas, his mother had died. And he'd already lost his father years ago. Um, I guess she'd have been a good age. But it must have been very close because he rang her up five times a day. Uh, so that relationship was very, very important to him. And uh, so obviously I responded and talked to him about as I have since invited him around for coffee. we have had some more chats and I've been around to his place just to try and catch up with him. You know, and to talk about how it feels losing your, your parents. And um, you know it makes an effect on you. And then he went on to tell me that he's got two sisters whom he doesn't have much contact with either. And one of them has actually been feeling very guilty because she, uh, she was very hard on their mother and the other one wasn't really in contact at all. So I said, Well, you know, if I'm if I can, I'll pray about a situation, you know, that your heart would change and you get past this, you know, and I talked about um, the peace that transcends all understanding. Because I felt that when my mother died, actually it was a miracle, you know, that I didn't feel more upset in a way, even though I obviously missed her. Um, but I said, you know, why not ring your mother or your, your sisters up and, uh, you know, just link up with them and just talk your ways through how you're feeling and get the other side of it. I mean, that's just one incident. It's just one that came to me as I prepared this. you know. But we all have loads of opportunities. In fact, I would say, literally now, um, a need to make a difference in the world. You know, we see, I mean, in that... Poem that we had that people are people who are probably not Christians they're responding some people are being very selfish but lots of people have been responding very selfishly and we really do have to as John said that we need to step up in these situations to make a difference to help through it each other through it all um, for those of us still able to go to work uh, but anyway who continuing work it's sometimes I find that it's a bit weird, but having worked all my life, that one of the areas that we can sort of forget a bit is when we actually go to work, that we think that work is just where somewhere we go to work and then we do our job and keep our nose clean and all the rest of it. But even that's, I mean, in in Christian circles, that's sometimes called the sacred-secular divide. You know, somehow thinking that God and how we relate to him is separate, that he cares any less about the things I mentioned before, healthcare, education, business, welfare, recreation, everything. And we need to be hanging on to these institutions as we go through this. I bought this book that was recommended. Thank God it's Friday by Mark Green. And... Um, I've read books on this sort of subject before, but I thought, hmm, what did I say? (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for the, that obviously, that's what 45 years of working does feel, you know. Thank God it's Friday, let's go down the pub. Thank you for that. I don't know if we're recording this, but thank you for that correction. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey? Oh, thank you, yeah. Uh, thank you very much for that, Ken. Um, anyway, I didn't know this guy, Mark Green, but I was quite tickled to see that he worked in advertising. And uh, I, I've read about half the book now. And um, there's quite a lot of things I liked about this book. And so I'm going to give you a, a couple of quotes which spoke to me of how I used to feel sometimes. Okay, and the first one is, God doesn't change when we walk into work, but maybe we do. The Holy Spirit doesn't suddenly realize he's in an office or a factory and say, okay, thanks, I'm off now. See you later at the prayer meeting or small groups together or whatever it is. you know." But you, we can get into a bit that of that mold. Come on, let's admit it. you know. I know that I'm trying not to be any different with other people as I am with you guys. That's that's my that's my I'm really aiming at, you know. And I think we should all try and aim at that. And um, um, but so here's another thought. Uh, we know that God's character doesn't change. We know that our God is love. But are we convinced that His love is as much directed towards the people at ICI as the people at our church? We have to keep thinking those to keep thinking that um a bit of context there ici some no of you will know where that but it was a huge chemical company and actually for years it was my biggest client and so it was quite interesting to think that this guy was working for ici for an agency down in london well i was working for ici at an agency up in manchester because it was like all these different divisions anyway that's just a bit of personal context so i i relate to this guy a lot um so, we know that God's love is directed to other people. But we also talked, as, as the Johns have, about this decline in faith in our nation. Certainly amongst the traditional churches, let's not forget that churches such as ours, you know, are continuing to pop up and grow around the place. But in this context, how do people know? How do people, other people know about God's love? these days. It's been said that we as Christians are often the only Bible they will ever come across. They will never open the Bible. Any bit of Christianity they will come across is us. So we have a responsibility and a challenge, particularly now, to, to share our faith and both live it out. As John says in his first letter, Dear children, Let us not love with words or tongue, but with actions and in truth. Or as someone put it very neatly, if we're talking about our faith, people don't care about how much we know until they know how much we care. Yeah? I need a page turner. Talking of John, the disciple John, we just quoted, I'm going to finish with what I hope is the message to us all now. Um, and I was thought as the most enlightening and liberating things when I became a Christian, because I became a Christian from sort of nowhere. As Meg said, I used to be a blank piece of paper. Um, and so when I first started reading the Bible and coming, across what Christianity was through the church that we were at, you know, it really spoke to me. And so I hope you find this encouraging. Who did Jesus choose as his disciples? Who were the people he started to build the church around? Not religious leaders of the day. They had far too much in the way of human preconception. They also believed too much in themselves. Quite a condemnation of the ministers at the time, really. No, he chose people like Peter and John, described in Acts as unschooled, ordinary men. I'm not saying that we're all unschooled, but that's, you know. Fishermen, both of them. Matthew was a tax collector. Luke was a doctor. Paul was a tent maker. All of them just everyday people knows i mean the others they may have had the same jobs as we have today um, a good friend at our old long-time church back in england uh, was quite high up in insurance uh, before he decided to go to bible college and become a minister and uh, over a meal about that time his wife asked me when was i going to do the same because we were on a sort of similar track andrew and i And i said straight away i'm not i'd rather be working out in business meeting literally hundreds if not thousands of people every day in different companies just being a christian there so i'll leave this last thought jesus and his spirit built the church around ordinary people people in ordinary jobs in ordinary clothes People like you and me, no dog color, no special robes. I try not to, when I see the Archbishop of Canterbury in his special robes, I try to think, he's a good guy, what have you. But uh, there is this barrier somehow, I think, even for some of us, but certainly in people out there, that when they see people dressed up, people are hard to relate to. And yet we, we're not that. We are people with the same concerns, the same worries maybe, but the same issues, the same things to achieve as they have. So we're the naturals really. As Peter said, this is just one this is one of my favorite scriptures, this last one now. Always be prepared to give an answer who asks you to give the reason for the hope that you have. But that's the end of that, but I just ac- did it occur to me when we had small groups together here on, on um, Friday evening. And Ruth said that somebody had asked her, well, you know, I guess you're a Christian, I guess. Or, um, are we in the last days? So, And we're gonna be asked things like that. Um, people want to know, you know, about life about our faith maybe. Um, but so yes, I think we may have to be prepared to speak about our faith at the same time as living it out in reality. Okay, that's my message. Okay. We were thinking.
0: <laughs> oh.
1: Thank you. I hope that wasn't just because I said, please clap. <laughs> <laughs> we were thinking about, uh, you know, well, what's the response to this? You know, we know, I say, I, we hope, I hope, that you, I hope that we we know that or that we're getting that message. Um, but we are moving into practical times. So, I mean, just as an example, Meg said that on, um, uh, a couple of days ago on Facebook, we have a... Village community site there, and and she put up there. You know, if anybody's housebound or needs anything, can't go out. Um, happy to um, deliver stuff to your door and all the rest of it. You know, just in and I've heard of other people doing that as well. So I thought, Jeanette, yes, D- did we say do we say this? We do this, yeah. That you know maybe we just spent a couple of minutes with a person next to you just sort of sharing thoughts or ideas or what have you saying well that's a good idea I'll do that or whatever but you know you know your own situations out there in life you know where you live and so just think about you know or pray about this or pray that in the next couple of days that you know that we would you know be Christians you know we really should be examples of this so okay So, practical time. Okay, thank you.